0: Welcome to Chat Tsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chat Tsunami. My name's Satsunami, and joining me tonight is none other than the fantastic host of the Casting Views podcast, it is the one and only Dan. Dan, welcome back.
1: Hello, and thank you for having me back on. Really looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, I was saying this to you before, and I think I was probably saying this in one of the other episodes I did in your podcast, that I was really surprised I haven't had you on yet for one of these interview-type episodes.
1: Yeah, I was wondering, no, no, I'm joking, (laughs) Yeah, no, well, you know, all good things come to those who wait. I've had you on my show a couple of times, so we were talking quite a bit and we're always rabbiting on Twitter, aren't we? So probably just assume that we've probably done more episodes than we have done.
0: I mean, every time I see a Mass Effect gif on Twitter, I just think, yeah, Dan would love this
1: tag. <laughs> just send it, there you go. It's actually, it's still my favourite scene. Whenever I see you ask a question about sending a question, I normally always say to you, what's your favourite game? why is it Mass Effect and I do it to you every time I think don't I
0: would you be surprised I've yet to play the sequels to it I've played the first one and I think I rushed through it so I don't really get the full experience I thought oh yeah this is alright but second and third
1: one I still need to play them alright three things here right one is play the first one again and don't rush it second one is absolutely play the sequels three I think there's a themed month coming up for you
0: there is but not a Mass Effect one yet (laughs) oh no no but that will be on the cards, maybe. If I play it and I love it. It's weird because I absolutely love sci-fi. Mass Effect is one of those games that I look at because I love Star Trek, I love Star Wars, you know, that kind of action-y sci-fi. And I'm going to tick off a lot of Trekkies by saying action-y sci-fi for Star Trek. Bear with me here. But yeah, it seems like it's right up my alley. And yet I never really got into it initially. And it's not even because I disliked it or anything. I think it's just more the curse of the battle.
1: Absolutely. I'll always have a soft spot for that because I'd stopped console gaming for a while, had gone on to PC, and then I got fed up with my PC keeping. It kept falling out of date with all the graphics, cards, etc. I was fed up spending money. So at the time, I'd always had, you know, like that meme, that picture of the guy walking in the street with his girlfriend and he's looking back to the other woman. That was like me holding on the hand of a PC, but looking at the consoles behind me again. <laughs> and it was Mainly because there were three games at the time. I was jealous about not being able to play Bioshock, first one. Mass Effect, because I'm really into these action RPGs. And it was GTA 4 at the time. So I got myself an Xbox 360 about a year or two into the life, I think it was. And those were the first three games I've gotten it. So Mass Effect would always hold a bit of a sentimental spot because it was one of the first games that got me back into consoles, yeah. And I
0: take it that was Xbox?
1: Yeah, Xbox 360, yeah, yeah. I just
0: had to fact check. I just, that's okay. You passed the test, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I got a, well, I say a gaming PC. A PC that can do things better than my old laptops, which are currently lying six feet downstairs. But I always prefer consoles, I have to say. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some games that you can't really play as well on a console compared to a PC, but I totally agree with you. It's annoying when, and again, this is quite an obvious thing, technology evolves, water's wet, that kind of thing but it's the fact that when you buy a game for a console it should theoretically work because you're buying something for the console and you know it's going to work 100% whereas if you buy it for the PC you're completely right the amount of games I've bought and it's just chugged along and you're prodding it going why isn't this working I'm looking at you cyberpunk
1: it's when you get to the point where you're in the shop and again you know people screaming at me it's my fault because I was never putting the latest cards sound cards CPU etc so i admit that but it's when you're in the shop and you're spending half hour looking at the recommendations the specs on the back right it's like well i won't even look at the recommended let's just go straight to the lowest ones what the minimum specs are and you're trying to work out can you squeeze it into those specs on the back of you know the lowest end but also sorry I've, we're really digressing here already aren't we you
0: no, your faith <laughs> This is what the podcast is for. <laughs> that's right.
1: The other thing is also, well, desktops used to be everything right, but then they're not now. And yeah, I know you can get gaming laptops, but I'm not spending a fortune on a laptop. At one point it was like, yeah, well, we can get rid of that huge machine that's sitting under the desk there. And, you know, the huge monitor that was on the desk. And yeah, just plug the console into the back of the TV and away you go.
0: No, I absolutely love it. Because I have to say, I got the desktop and I always remember, I think it was when my mum saying to me, oh, you're just getting that for gaming and me is well now I'm in my 30s but back then I was kind of like no it's for work and I mean it is technically for work you know I do podcasts and editing that kind of thing all that. in fact I'm recording on it right now so not gaming yeah I've always had a dream of having a decent pc that I could play games on but the funny thing is I play a lot of indie games on my pc so it's like oh I can't wait to play all these amazing games and don't get me wrong it's not at least not anymore it's a couple of years out of date now but it still plays games at a relatively alright standard but, you know, I go back to the old games. I play games like Sonic Adventure or Coffee Talk <laughs> or yeah, to the yeah. moon i played which is a game that was made in rpg maker <laughs> and things like that you know i play a lot of low-end games anyway so yeah it doesn't really matter but i ended up i think it was last year maybe i went out and got a really good deal on an xbox series s and i've got to say i absolutely love it it's just it's so small and portable and this sounds like an advert for it but trust me chance tsunami is not that big that we're getting sponsored by microsoft but you know Bill if you're listening love your stuff <laughs> yeah i absolutely love it although a lot of people do complain about it because they say it's not as powerful and everything and then it actually reminds me of the old console war like do you remember this the old console war arguments
1: oh yeah 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 well I'll go back to the day of the Commodore 64 and the Spectrum and the Ashrad so yeah it was it was the same back then too.
0: Again this was because of my brothers they had uh, NES and the Sega Mega Drive or yeah. Genesis for the American listeners and yeah you would always have that between Sega and Nintendo but I think when I was growing up it was the tail end of the Sega-Nintendo rivalry and that's when Sony and everyone started coming in and now really it's a three-way tie isn't is you know you've got your nintendo you've got microsoft and now you've got sony just fighting for top
1: place you know it's funny as well you know people do say about the xbox and it's not as powerful but it's funny what you were saying about the pc is even me i really enjoy playing all the indie games and well i say retro but the older games even like the xbox 360s i still i get a lot more enjoyment it seems from the indie games um then i do kind of looking forward i don't think there's many AAA games or even double a games that i tend to overly look forward to now although when Mass Effect 4 drops obviously I'll be all over that but the game pass is just great to be able to dabble in a game I've not tried before Yeah, and the indie scene as well and I I know you get it on the PlayStation as well those games but the power thing is irrelevant I think a lot of the time.
0: Funny enough I was actually watching a video today about and again this is a cheery subject about people complaining about the state of modern gaming nowadays and they were mainly focusing on AAA games as you said it's like people aren't looking forward to it because they're not catered to the casual fans anymore they're targeted more towards live service models you know like your fortnights, all the battle passes, so you've got overwatch you've got god forbid fall guys has a battle pass for some reason, call of duty as well halo, all the old games that you used to love growing up they're all following this mold, and it's just it's weird to see it growing up with games that had to be
1: perfect well, i was going to say is a problem that we're getting older but no no i do agree with you i mean and i think i messaged it might have been jerry from two blokes from blight in game club pod but i was really struggling recently to get into games you know you know i can't remember what i was playing but i'd finished it and I went back and played, actually, the Ezio collection, the remastered collection of Assassin's Creed 2, so the three games of Ezio. I just really loved doing that. Now, they're, what I think they're actually from 2010, I think, 2011, maybe a bit later. But yeah, I had really good fun playing them. And like you said, because they were self-contained, okay, barring a couple of bits of DLC, self-contained, single-player focused games.
0: It seems as if there is an emphasis now on getting people online. And this was actually something that I tweeted slash X. I actually don't know what the term is now that they changed it to X thing. I don't know. But anyway, I tweeted. I'm gonna say that for brevity's sake. But I tweeted that out earlier because I was actually quite interested to hear what people had to say about it. The fact that nowadays gaming companies don't really have much of a priority, I suppose is the right word, in creating a good first impression. They'll put out a game. It will be absolutely terrible and then they'll try and build on that really bad foundation and by the end you might have a house but you know it's on a wobbly foundation to begin with but do you feel like that as well
1: yeah i do think so but i think they tread a fine line because i guess it all depends on the money and the focus behind it so for example cyberpunk that launched atrociously didn't it but they worked on it and actually i played it a couple of months ago again on the xbox and it wasn't too bad it was some still funny glitches and bugs but it you know maybe i'd avoided it and the same thing happened with mass effect andromeda i remember that launched to a lot of funny memes and jokes on the internet but by the time i got round to it it was a solid game but then look at something like the Gollum game actually I, it was you our message wasn't it saying there's part of me that's really tempted i want it i want to see how bad it is but yeah and i think he said yeah get it second hand oh yeah don't have the money
0: don't support that
1: <laughs> but you know that's not going to be fixed and i think there's a real you know if it's a for a Call of Duty, you know it's going to get all the patches, so I think you can be confident being a day one purchaser but yeah, I don't think I want to be anymore.
0: Because I mean, even when I was younger I always remember being excited when I pre-ordered a game I remember going into I think it was Debenhams of all places this is how long ago it was, going into Debenhams and there was like a game in there, the game shop for anyone wondering, not just like a single game in the middle of the floor, yeah just in case we were like, what's a game? And I would pre-ordered, I think it was Pokemon Sapphire, like around 2003. Jesus Christ, that was 20 years (laughs) ago. Anyway, so existential crisis aside, I remember pre-ordering that and then I got it and I was so excited to play it. Popped it in, loved it, just thought it was an amazing game. And that's the thing, I don't feel that way about many modern games as much. And this isn't me trying to be a hipster or anything, but genuinely, unless it's like an indie game, I think I brought this up before, but there was a game... I think I played recently called Spark the Electric Jester and it was like this platformer that was very akin to Sonic. I know surprise surprise me bringing up Sonic in conversation but yeah I just loved it because it was absolutely just a lot of fun really. It was just prioritized to play really well to have fun but when I go back and look at the games that say pre-order now and you get all of these skins for your multiplayer characters. I can't remember if I messaged you about this or or i think i tweeted it out it was about the new call of duty game modern warfare 3 the new one not the old one and 99 pounds for the special edition and i've got to say the pre-order stuff was terrible it was like oh you get 20 levels or so many levels on the battle pass you get this skin you get this coating for your gun and i think see once that game's out of date you can't use those anymore back in the day you used to get oh what do you call them the goggles
1: Yes, the night vision You had the night
0: vision Yeah, you used to get The night vision goggles And things like that Or you got a camera Or something Or the RCXT car yes, And yeah. the Black Ops one But now it's like Oh, you get like a code For Doritos Or something That was one of the things For Modern Warfare The 2019 one It was like You got 20 packets Of Doritos In a really horrible Twisted plastic model Of Captain Price
1: No, this is another Really good point So firstly Yeah, like you I'm not over Overly excited anymore about pre ordering things, but there's a couple of things there, and I will say, with me, honestly, I think the stage of life I'm at now, in the sense of I probably and podcasting is a huge cause of that as well. Now, I tend not to have too much time now dedicated to gaming, not like I used to. So there's an element of knowing that too. So if it's a huge sprawling game, there's a bit of a I really want to play it, but I'm not sure if I do. Then there's the I don't want to spend 55 quid on a game that I probably do to backlog won't play until it's reduced to 25 pounds online by that point anyway so there's an element of that but you've hit the nail on the head it used to be quite exciting and the exhilarating pre games for the collector's editions now i could never necessarily get them all brand new because they were far too expensive but they used to drop quite quickly so i remember having like the fable three collector's edition and it came with like a deck of cards and some sort of trinket oh fallout 4 came in like a metal lunchbox which had then figurines, books, makings of, etc. I think it was Batman. Oh, I can't remember. One of the Batman games that came in a beautiful collector's box with, I've still got it on the shelf here, like a Batman figurine. It was a DVD of one of the animated adventures, even through to this game didn't get much love, but I stand by it. That's a great game, and fight me if you disagree. But Driver San Francisco, I don't know if you ever played that. I've not played
0: it, but I have heard
1: of it. It's bizarre, yeah. but I love it. But that came with a car in the action pose and a comic book etc but now like you said you're paying more than they used to cost then just for digital things and i don't know if they still do it but there was a phase where you wouldn't even get the game in the collector's edition i don't know if you remember that
0: yeah oh well they just gave you like a code and didn't the even box. get
1: that sometimes you just bought the collector's gear but it didn't actually come with a game which was amazing that kind of blew my mind it's, it's it's like you're not actually getting the game with it that is weird
0: although the one Thing I'll say is the one game that I hope they didn't do that for was for Dead Island. Do you remember the controversy behind that one?
1: Oh, was it that the bus that came up Yeah, yeah, <laughs> both
0: literally and metaphorically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, that they clearly pulled for obvious reasons because it was in very, very poor taste.
1: Do you know what? There's an episode here, I can't even remember if I've covered it now, but about the Bizarre Collector's Edition. Capcom, I think, did some great ones, like really expensive ones. I think one of the resident evil i think you could buy the leather jacket i think leon wore the edition cost about 400 pounds or whatever but <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. I mean, I remember being shocked at paying £30 for the limited edition for Gears of War 3, and that was fantastic. I don't know if you've seen that. It's not, like, anything too flashy, but you get a small flag of the Coalition in the game. It's like a steampunk version of the European Union flag. You know, just imagine that.
1: (laughs) Did that not come with the actual gear? Yeah, it came with the gear, yeah. I like that. I thought that looked quite classy. Stylish, sorry, is the word and I always remember thinking I should have got that but I didn't
0: <laughs> honestly I love it actually the reason I got it and this is quite a weird reason why I got into Gears but it was because a friend and I went to a game shop and we were just looking at the pre-owned we were students at the time we were scraping our pocket money and I actually had the decision between that or Final Fantasy I know my life could have gone a completely different way if I chose Final Fantasy I would have been a PlayStation player but that's a horrifying <laughs> alternate universe aside but I remember I said to him what's Gears of War like and he was recommended that completely he was like it's a great game definitely go try it so I got that and the sequel to it because the sequel was there just by chance and there was like a 2 for 15 deal just by chance the woman behind the counter had a limited edition version behind the counter yeah. so she was like well do you want the limited edition and I was like yeah sure and my friend also got a limited edition as well so I can't remember what game he had but it wasn't Final Fantasy but I got that then I thought oh I'll get the limited edition for the third one and then by chance a couple of weeks ago I was in town and I was in a CEX and I'm saying CEX I refuse to call it by its (laughs) name and I ended up getting the limited edition for the first one you're completely right it's amazing the amount of detail for the first one not only have you got an art book but you've got the tin as well you've got a DVD for the making of it the same with the second one you've got the extra stuff the deleted scenes of the game and things, it is just so amazing the effort that they used to put in. And nowadays it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, here's a bag of dirty tools go nuts.
1: Even funnier though, did you remember there used to be a huge market for and I did get some and I'll explain why, but the walkthrough books, I can't remember the strategy guides for games. Uh-huh. Now the thing is, even they then started doing like the quote collector's edition of it. So where they would put 30 or 40 pages of designs and stories Storyboarding for the game, and it would come with again a trinket for the game you're doing. So I remember, I think I had one for Final. It might be Final Fantasy 13, and the covers were nicely padded. It was really glossy pages. I think I had one for Bioshock Infinite, and again, mainly because I wasn't necessarily getting them for the guide. They were just really good companions to a game series if you really liked it. And it was amazing that the strategy guides then also were kind of starting to do that side of things. Yeah,
0: they used to be. Av- everywhere right enough. Although they never gave good information, did they? They always gave you vague information and then they said, at least this was kind of 90s, early 2000s, they would be like if you need more information call this number and we'll tell you how to get through the level. But you just don't get that no. anymore for obvious reasons. I mean it would be a bit weird having a company nowadays get the other end to be like oh you do this and this when you can just look it up in Google nowadays. What
1: and, and use a phone to call someone? No you don't do that, it's text and email, sure <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, perish the thought. Yeah, Oh, slightly off topic, but that does irritate me when I have to deal with a company. And they're like, "Oh, just phone us on this number. I'm sorry. Is this not the
1: 21st century? Where is my Star Trek utopia? I was <laughs> promised. I want to speak to them, but then it's like, sorry, all our operatives are busy right now. Your call is important to us. Please hold the line. You are caller 248. Your call is important. And it's like, oh. and that hold music, try have some variation in hold music. Don't have just the one... If I'm going to be on hold for 45 minutes, various reasons I had to call the tax office today and my word, yeah. It's like, please, please, please have an album. I probably could have listened to an entire Spotify playlist by the time they're going to answer the phone. So there was another company years ago that would ask you, you're going to be placed on hold. What type of music do you want to listen to? Press one for pop, press two for classical, press three for rock. And I was thinking, you know you're in for a long wait then.
0: You know, it actually reminds me of, see those games, and films especially where it talks about a dystopian future where everybody has their own humanoid android and on the one hand they say oh it's terrible, they're going to rise up they're going to kill everyone, they're going to take over and everything, but on the other hand they do answer the phone and make <laughs> phone calls for <laughs> you is that a good trade off? I mean for me personally yes, that's a risk I'm willing to take, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean like I said I think, especially since the pandemic I think customer service phone customer service anyway has gone right downhill so yeah I do dread it's always a thing in my house when she says "I oh, know you're gonna have to make a phone call and I'm like I don't wanna I don't wanna so yeah if, if the robots can do that for me or I'd happily actually talk to one <laughs> actually on that side of things but yeah it's so, it can be so frustrating nowadays but I mean
0: speaking of the pandemic and that is just such a cheery segue I apologize <laughs> speaking of that dark time as I said before you it started Casting Views, which is an utterly fantastic podcast. You talk about a wide range of topics. Surprisingly, you talk about gaming, as we just talked about for the last half hour there. You have discussed things about film, you've discussed tropes, you've discussed a wide range. But is it right to say that you started it in 2021?
1: Yeah, it's actually, well, at the time of recording, it's actually come up to my two-year podiversary. So actually, I started planning it June, July time, 2021 recorded a number of episodes because i didn't know how well i would do or how well it would go or how long it would take me so i remember recording about four five six episodes and yeah the first episode i think it was the 19th september yeah 2021 so kind of slap bang in the middle of it
0: was that the reason you started the podcast because of the lockdown
1: i'm gonna say yes no and yes right so what had happened was I was actually involved in another podcast that is no longer about so I won't necessarily plug it but what had happened was that the company I was working for before the pandemic I used to car share with someone and the conversations we would have in the car were bizarre and then sometimes every now and then we'd have someone else in the car you know to bring to and from work and we always used to joke oh we should record this we you know I didn't really listen to podcasts at all then but we were joking oh we should put this out there we should record this and then Covid hit and I think it was January of that year a couple of the people at the company, the, the guy I car shared with said, okay, why don't we put a podcast together? So that podcast there kind of got my training wheels on and I, I learned how to put it all together. And actually the main guy from that who put it together, Dave, is actually, I'll I'll, mention, I'll come on to it after, but part of my other podcast, the Just Football one. So he taught me how to host and as in the platform host and edit the episode, etc. Then while I was doing that and in the real midst of COVID, yeah, the pandemic, I was getting really frustrated like I'm sure we all were because especially in England, we'd had a number of lockdowns. It was, do you remember that summer was like just such a beautiful summer. I was working, working from home, albeit, but I was working. So wasn't enjoying it. And then you would finish your day and then just sit down because yes, you go for your hour walk and that was it. And I was starting to get really frustrated. And at one point I tried to learn the guitar. That didn't, well, it was starting to go well, but I just didn't have the patience for that. Then I did get a ukulele, like I think probably the solo of ukuleles went up about a thousand percent during the pandemic and I still got that and I still enjoy playing a little bit on that but it got to the point where I wanted to do something creative but I was limited in what I could do both the time because I was working long hours and I won't create things I'm not a great artist I can't put things together but I had the ideas of you know I've got a creative mind so I thought what can I do that's gonna sort of exercise the brain during lockdowns and having had the experience of of how to put a pod together. I just thought I wanted to do my own one, yeah. It's
0: definitely been an experience, I've got to say, in like all the best ways. Would you say that podcasting has been a positive experience for yourself?
1: I love it. We were talking briefly before you press record, but people listening might find this funny, but it is hard work. You know, it's very time consuming. So I was just saying that time recording, I've taken a couple of weeks break just because there was a lot going on and i had a week's holiday and I'm finding the struggle to kick back into it is difficult. But when I was not doing it, all I was thinking about was the podcast because I missed doing it. Yeah, it's great. I mean, firstly, the one thing I know a lot of podcasters say it, but it's honestly so true. The community and the people I've met, you know, yourself included, it's just been brilliant. You know, the people I speak to regularly because of this podcast, I'll be eternally grateful for that because it's just, there's been so many people that the group of pods I fell in with, we've got a Twitter or X thread group set up for it, like, called the brain trust the support they gave me at the start of the conference and still are now so uh, my music comes from one of them the familiar wilson's a lot of the artwork comes from them and my cover comes from them it's just been unbelievable and the motivation for continuing to meet new people from that because there's always sort of it's not month goes by where i don't say jump in on a conversation of yours on twitter or nerd nostalgic say and i start talking to another podcast because of that and the social element of it is great but also So, I find it really has. When I'm right in the zone with it, I'm probably as organized as I've ever been in the rest of my life when I'm doing it. It's incredible.
0: You're completely right, though. See, when they were saying about how it consumes your life in a way, in the best way possible. I always used to find it funny when you saw, you know, the stereotypes when it's a guy who's like, they're really into barbecues or cars or sports or something. And I always looked at them, and don't get me wrong, I'm not big into cars or football myself. And I look in think oh how could you be so obsessed with a hobby how could you be so obsessed and then i look at myself and think jesus i've just become a podcast guy haven't i going around being like so another thing about podcasts let me tell you (laughs) that's all i talk about to my friends they must just be sick of me being like oh jesus here he comes here comes satsu talking about podcasts
1: it's funny you say that because a couple of my friends because they aren't so i've mentioned the just football podcast so i talk to them about pods but that's fine because they're podcasters too at work i changed jobs back in november so almost a year ago i didn't mention podcasts for a few months because you're kind of working out what people are like you know is it the sort of thing where you want them to you know are you sometimes confident i know it sounds funny but do you want people that you work with to listen to the stuff you're putting out and i try not to talk too much about it there because i don't want it like you said i don't want to be that person but i just love talking about or i love thinking about my podcast and working on it like you said about the time consuming it's funny because i know there's two Types of people. There are people that get the episode they've recorded, put it through a macro, clean up the sound and put it out. And that's brilliant. You know, I wish I could do that, but I want to listen to it word for word because I know there's things I've said. I very rarely cut much out, if anything, at all from the guests, but there's bits that I'm not happy about with me when I hear myself back. So I will listen to the episode a couple of times and edit it. So you're looking at a day or a couple of nights to edit. You know, obviously the night to record it. I might be doing a couple of episodes a week. And then the worst thing for me is the planning for you as well. Now, when I started, I didn't know what way I wanted to do it. Either focus on a specific thing like gaming or, or music. That was important to me too. Or go general topic. So I went general topic thinking it would be easier. And I'm not going to say if one's easier or not. It, it, you know, in a way it's easier because you can pick from anything you want. But likewise, because you can pick from anything you want, you've got to make it also enjoyable to yourself and hopefully to listeners so sometimes just planning ahead of what you want to do that could be really I'm, I'm going to say the word exhausting I don't mean physically exhausting but I mean you know do you know what I mean because you'll go round and round with ideas can I make it work can I not make it work no move on to the next thing and it's just yeah it can be frustrating and difficult at times.
0: Oh no absolutely I 100% know what you mean when I did Twitch streaming I very much fell into the same pitfalls where I wanted to do variety streaming so I wanted to play games that "I enjoyed," I wanted to play games that I grew up with. I wanted to share that experience with people. What I didn't want to do, though, was pigeonhole myself into one particular game. And that's how I feel about podcasting as well. This is a double-edged sword because, on the one hand, you can talk about whatever you want. You can talk about different topics. In the case of Chatsunami, from gaming and films to anime general interests, and it's the same with yourself. You talk about gaming, technology, TV shows. Shows, films, things like that. And if you focus on one topic, you are going to get a more concentrated fan base zeroing in on you. That is like 100% true. But the issue with that is that I found, especially with streaming, is if you focus on one thing, and then you want to move on from that thing, then your former fan base is just going to move away from you. Not all of them; some will be interested to see what you're doing next. But if you're consistent, like what you and I, of course, have been doing, just saying we're doing whatever we want, but having some kind of method to the madness—that's the term I'm looking for. But we're at least kind of planning it that way. Whereas a lot of people who stick to one topic—I've talked to a lot of streamers who have said that, that they focused on games like. Team Fortress 2 or Call of Duty and then they try to play other games but because people aren't interested in the new stuff then they're not going to get the same analytics that they would get otherwise if they stuck to one thing. But do you feel as if your lessons and analytics, uh, again you know numbers aren't everything, but do you feel as if they vary because you do different topics?
1: Yeah they definitely do. Now I've recently changed Platform Host again so my numbers are kind of a bit weird at the moment but yeah it it can also vary on the guest yeah the guest you've got but I think the topics very much so so I class it as general topic because yeah it is it can be anything so I have done some on the entertainment side of things but I've done cons scams and frauds I've looked at social media cryptocurrency I try to do some really random things I've looked at gambling robots and unusual jobs so I do think there's an element of who you're going to kind of track to that but, you know, in the end, what I say to myself is I'm honestly doing this because as hard work as I've said it is, or time consuming as i said it is, I just love doing it. And for a while, at one point, I was looking at numbers and it was a wife that kept saying to me, she goes, yeah, but you're not doing this for numbers. And I said, yeah, you're right. But at the start, especially, you want to make sure that it's nice to know that somebody, you know, that people out there are listening, right? But absolutely. If I look at, say, the last few ones I've done, well, let's say the one I did with you, banned advertising. Then the next one was sporting cheats and scandals now I've got to hope people like the people I've attracted with oh bad advertising that's good are they going to want to hear about sporting cheats and scandals and then next week I've done medical advances past present and future so yeah I think I'm happy knowing the fact that I'm going to have the core set of listeners who like that randomness each week and just hope that yeah with each topic you might be able to attract x amount more listeners it's a fine fine line yeah it is an interesting one though i I'd, I'd not really thought about that to be honest. It, in in terms of yeah numbers fluctuating based on the episode, yeah.
0: I feel as if, especially for the indie sphere of podcast and marketing, next to editing. And I know you love editing, so apologies, no offence. I, I know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel as if after editing, marketing is probably one of the hardest things to do for a podcast, especially an indie podcast, because people have, and this isn't just for podcasts, and this can be for any realm of content creation, people have this thing where they compare themselves to whether it be celebrities or people far above in a completely different world where they've got teams behind them or even social media stars that they've got a huge following and then one day they decide to flick on the mic and say, oh I'm doing the podcast and then their numbers just shoot up automatically whereas a lot of indie podcasters have this, not issue, but just this kind of slow burn. If that makes sense. And it can be quite discouraging for a lot of people. I find that they are worried that they're not doing as well because, you know, you might see someone who says, Oh, I've got a million downloads or Oh, I've got this and that. But they might have the exact same worries or doubts that you have if they're in the same sphere.
1: The marketing side of things, the promotion you said is absolutely true. I know I probably could be doing a bit more. It's just so difficult now because, uh, you know, I do joke about it on my episodes but it feels like every week at the moment there's a new platform a new social media platform you feel like you have to be on it right and yeah if i could have someone and again i'm working on trying to convince a wife but if i could have someone that could do my social media all day because i look at it i think you do in terms of your social media presence yeah you're excellent on it and i think people do think that yeah you just do a couple of tweets and that's it but you know even you must have noticed as well in recent months that the twitter interaction also has or x interaction has gone down,
0: hasn't it? Oh, 110%. Ever since it stupidly got taken over and turned from Twitter to X. First of all, thank you for saying I'm doing a good job. I wish I could tell myself that, but Yeah, my engagement has gone completely down. I throw out tweets there, and sometimes they do catch, and loads of people reply, and I'm like, oh, fantastic, it's going to be one of those days. So then I send out a second tweet, and then nothing. Or I might get one or two likes. Then I'll send out a third tweet. And usually the third tweet or the fourth tweet, depending on the day, that'll be a promotion one, one I really want to gain traction, and no, not a drop. And I know why it is. It's because of this verification system what are your thoughts on that because it's just it feels like it's a pay-to-win situation right now
1: yeah it's a really good analogy yeah i think you're right i think you're right and yeah i get it right i get why they want to do that it just it feels a shame having been there where it was a lot more the community side of things like i said i always found personal twitter i'd stopped using because it can get quite toxic but i found podcast twitter was just amazing but like i said yeah I think I need to that's when I kick off the new season I think I need to tell myself to do a bit more because like I said you know a lot of the pods I follow you know yourself included you know you are really visible and I think as difficult as it's become I think it does make a difference
0: I know, it's just nowadays it is really hard to tell whether or not your stuff is visible. You know, you would definitely, not that I would say that I got more likes back in the day, but you could tell that people were interacting a lot more. But nowadays, honestly, I 100% agree with you. What annoys me more, not only with X, but I think what annoys me more nowadays, as you were saying about the hundreds of other alternatives, you've got Instagram, you've got Thread, which actually isn't the worst. It's not picked up as much traction, I feel, but it's not the worst out there. It just it really depends on the kind of podcast I think that you're putting out there. But the thing that annoys me is the amount of people who are trying to be the next Twitter. And then you try it and it's just terrible. Like, I don't know if you were on that hive. That was just horrific. It was ages ago they brought it out and it was supposed to be like the next big social media, only they were doing things like, they were letting other people take your username. So you could have two chat tsunamis there, you could have three casting views, which isn't a bad thing, but, you know, you could have all of these people just taking your identity, essentially. That's what annoyed me, because there was another app for Twitch that was supposed to be kinda similar to TikTok, but it was like a gaming TikTok called Hover, and then one day it just disappeared. I don't know what happened to it. Like, it was there for ages, and they made a big stink about oh it's going to be the next blah 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 it's going to be the next TikTok and then it just shuts down and it's a shame that companies like Twitter slash X and you know Instagram and things they're just so big that there's not really many viable alternatives like there are alternatives but not ones that can really challenge what's already there
1: as much. I think the issue is that there have been people migrated over to other platforms now so I think X is probably still the big one but a large chunk of people I know seem to be more active on threads and I agree with you I think threads just needs some tweaking and it can be just as good it's not bad actually it's not bad but recently got i had an invitation on to blue sky so I'm on that as well and that looks quite good so that's the thing you've then got to be you've got to be present and active on them so you know just looking at my phone now in that folder you've got X you've got TikTok Instagram Discord threads blue guy for yourself you've got twitch and there's also youtube which you need to i think is for a lot of people the youtube the episodes onto youtube is something i've started looking at recently i'm not sure if that's how they want to listen to my show specifically but you know i'm gonna do it because you might as well be on it then not so it's just a reminder that the more times these things happen people do follow to a certain platform and you feel like you do have to maintain that presence on them
0: oh no absolutely the amount of social medias that i'm on just now but I don't focus on them as much. For example, we have a Facebook group, but I've connected it to our Instagram page. So whenever I post something on Instagram, it'll automatically post onto Facebook. And then I've got the headliner app, which that automatically, which is a godsend, but that automatically posts our episodes from the feed onto YouTube. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's a really handy service to have. But I totally agree, we don't gain as much traction there either, because I always put emphasis on promoting our website and things, because I want one place that people can come and say, alright, this is where I'm getting all the information, this is what's happening, this is the central hub of cool kids, Uh haha. For legal reasons that's a joke. You know, you're completely right, it's so hard to juggle all of these different social medias, and I've got to say, I don't know about you, but I'm getting very weary, see, when it comes to TikTok. I don't know if It's just I'm getting older or I'm yelling at the kids to get off my lawn, but I don't understand it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of no rhyme or reason as to what makes make a video viral, right? Use this song or use this filter. It's like, I just want to tell you about my pod.
0: I believe wholeheartedly that for the most part, half of it is probably down to hard work, but the other half is just down to pure dumb luck because the amount of things that I have seen go quote-unquote viral or they've got millions of likes, millions of views, and again, this is no shade against the people who have created these things. They've created something, there's been a demand for that for some reason. I think the go-to one that really confused me was, it was a video from YouTube of all people, and it was these creators that literally, they got famous because they grabbed all of these pens, like felt-tip pens, and they ran it underwater, and then they made silly faces, and that somehow got millions of views. The one that really baffles me is i've got a video on tiktok that's got a million views and it's a kung fu panda shitpost (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's oh, wow, the only wow. way I can describe it. Do you remember that meme that was going around and it was the boys?
1: Do you know what? I can I remember you doing that because I remember you saying about the video blowing up. Yeah, yeah because
0: yeah. it was going up and up and I think up until that point I had got maybe a couple of thousand for a lot of silly videos and I think I got a thousand for one or two of my clips and I thought, oh, that's amazing. I can't wait to see how well my clips do in comparison. And the one to actually go quote-unquote viral is a kung fu panda meme and i was like why (laughs) why cruel god definitely down to luck i think for some of them not a hundred percent but i do think a lot of it can be down to luck
1: yeah and the mystery of the algorithm
0: I know people complain about that, but I genuinely do think that if you get in that algorithm current or (laughs) whatever they call it, the wave, as it were, if you get on that, well done. That's great. But how do you get on it?
1: Yeah, if someone can tell us, Satsu and I, let's do it. Yeah, someone get us viral. Get this episode viral.
0: (laughs) Share it amongst your friends. If your granny wants to get into podcasts, (laughs) listen to this one. So here's a question for you. Going back to something you said earlier, you were saying how, as of this episode, you've been podcasting for just about two years now, which is absolutely fantastic. And by the time this episode comes out, you'll have probably done your podiversity episode as well. Did you think you would have been going as long at podcasting when you started?
1: I'm gonna say I don't think I did. That's not to say that i didn't go into it wanting to i think what it is is i didn't realize i'd have so much fun one with the pod itself but two have so much fun initially with the community so i'm glad i started when i did because you know everything we've just been talking about maybe if you start now it it might have been harder to do that i think you know i absolutely had some luck falling into the group and a lot of that is also i kind of did reach out to a number of pods just to say look you know because i'm very much a believer that especially with the independent pods you know the indie pods if I like it I'll try reach out just send a message just to say look just want to let you know I love your pod well it does make a huge difference doesn't it so do I think I would have got to two years no I don't think I did I mean I'm still sitting here in disbelief thinking because it's the way I've timed it as well and I've kind of cheated a bit the episodes I'm releasing at the moment I've classed them as bonus and not part of the mainstream episode but I've done that so it's going to be a combined a hundredth episode and two year podiversary and I'm just thinking that I've done a hundred episodes and I know some pods have done four five six times the amount of that but for me i'm just thinking yeah no do you know what? i'm absolutely chuffed with it and yeah i probably would have thought maybe six months to a year but the fact that yeah sort of two years on still going you know might only be another six months it might be another 10 years but i'm enjoying the ride as it's happening and yeah i'm a little pleased that i have reached a two year mark
0: no and it's absolutely well deserved because i'm not just saying this because you're on for legal reasons i'm looking at the red panda lawyer in the corner and he's giving the thumbs up of approval there but <laughs> you do it up absolutely fantastic work on your podcast. And as I said before, you've covered just such a variety of topics that I find it hard to believe that people couldn't get invested in your podcast. I mean, even if they're not into Jumping the Shark episodes, for example, so they might think, oh, I'm into one-on-technology, or I'm into topics about gaming, or something like that, and you think, well, that is perfectly fine going to that one, but I feel as if there's definitely something for everyone in your show, and all the successes that you do get from it, they're definitely
1: well-earned. No, thank you for the kind words. I mean, what I would say is, yeah, so in an episode, I try to say, right, even if it's something that might not necessarily on the face of it be an obvious subject that might appeal to people, I do try to frame the episode for it to be enjoyable in some way. So I'll never take a serious subject and make it flippant. And I won't necessarily take a flippant subject and try to make it serious. But there's a line of trying to take something and hopefully some episodes, there might be something informative in it. But generally, you can have a bit of a laugh with them. I think the big thing for me is going to be is... So at the start, you know, I was part of a duo. Now I'm generally... Well, now I'm solo, but I've had a lot of guests on. I think the next thing for me is to do... There will be some solo episodes, as in just me. And I think that's going to be a hard thing because there are people out there that, again, have done it. And, well, there are loads that do it. But, yeah, I'm thinking for me, it's going to be an odd one to try to do a few solo ones. But, you know, I think there are certain solo... subjects which will mean a lot to me or might not necessarily work as good as a conversation so I'm gonna try to do that as well but yeah I do try to have fun with the subjects and I want to say a lot of them are planned so I'm not gonna do myself a disservice so I've got a board here I've got a whiteboard on the wall and I do write them down but it might be weird I might be on a drive to work and there'll be something on the road I'll see something and that'll trigger a thought so get that down on the whatsapp straight away so I can write it on the board and then see if I can work something out the funniest one is is, i can say it because it will have aired by the time this episode goes out but the opener for the next season is on bizarre lawsuits now it should be an obvious subject based on some of my previous matter but i'd not thought of it but what it was whatever reason it was i woke up one night and i just had bizarre lawsuits maybe i was, I was having a very weird dream but i remember at the time it was the middle of the night and i text justin from the movie wise show because for him it would be sort of late evening and i just texted i said i've got the next episode you're being on and, and i texted so it's it's weird sometimes where the inspiration or the subjects come from but yeah as far as possible i do try to get them planned in but i like to mix them up so i have done a few film ones i have done some gamings but i try to not necessarily do two or three film ones in a row because one i'm not a film-based podcast but for gaming like yourself and Nerd nostalgic and game club pod you're doing far better than i could for movies you've got yeah like the movie wire cult etc so i try to have fun so where i have done some movie TV ones. Like, again, it was kind of the episode you came on, Jumping the Shark. Just because you can have a bit of fun with that. And I think we did have quite a bit of fun discussing that one.
0: Oh, definitely. If any of the listeners out there, if you have not listened to that episode, please after this episode, go over to Casting Views and listen to that one. That was a lot of fun to discuss. You might say it was a walking out the shower moment.
1: (laughs) We're trying to make that stick, aren't we?
0: Oh, no, it is sticking. I've already printed the t-shirts. It's too late now. Got our avatar's head on and everything
1: and then again with gaming recently i had game club pod on and it was what if video game logic applied to real life rather than being about games because i think like i said there are pods that do the specialised things really well so my approach is do something a bit random and also like i said to be able to have you come on to mine to talk about something that might be in your world but not directly so you can have a bit of fun with it as well i
0: mean that is the amazing thing though about collaborating with other podcasters especially in the indie sphere because I feel as if the bigger you get in podcasting probably the harder it would be to try and get people to come on your show and be like oh do you want to do an episode on this wacky thing and they'd be like wait what no <laughs> you're like oh okay back to the drawing board but I feel as if as you were saying before indie podcasters are some of the most friendly people you'll ever meet in terms of online communities I totally agree that it is just so heartwarming to see people come together and collaborate with all of these topics that either you have or as you said if someone else has it and it doesn't fit into your show but fits into theirs you'll go into there and be like oh let's talk about this let's talk about that and it's a great socialization thing
1: absolutely and when I do guess myself like coming onto this initially it is a bit wary because it's funny almost being on the other side of things although you know we are just having a conversation it is good to be able to do something slightly different to what you do i encourage anyone who's listening who hasn't collaborated is yeah reach out if there's a pod you like reach out to them reach out to satsu or myself and it's amazing the creativeness you can get from just bouncing ideas off other people some of my recent well, quite a few of my recent episodes have come from the group i'm in because they'll message me and say oh dan have you thought about this so this would be a really good fit for your show it's really heartwarming because you know they've got an idea for a show but they're saying you know you have it you run with it because it's going to work for your show probably more than it would fit in theirs.
0: It is great when you do get someone suggesting topics to yourself because in this season in particular, Chatsunami, we are definitely going to be trying to get a lot more suggestions and input from listeners for certain topics. So yeah, Dan, I know you get got your finger on the trigger for a Mass Effect episode there. Well,
1: yeah, if you do, did you know I like that? So if you do have an episode there, yeah, let, let me know, yeah.
0: Because last week we did an episode on the the Mortal Kombat film, and that was suggested by one of our patrons, Sonia, and as part of that tier that they're subscribed to, I said, oh, do you want to suggest a topic for us to do? And Sonia said, yeah, why don't you do one on Mortal Kombat? And of course, my friend Craigie C and I, because we had watched the Mortal Kombat film together years and years ago, we thought, you know what, why don't we do that as, I suppose, the christening episode of season four? And it is amazing because it's something that you do get comfortable with your own topics, thinking, I'm going to talk about this, I'm going to talk about that, but then other people will come along and say, why don't you talk about this and that? Because some of the best episodes that I've done, and I'm wondering if you're the same as well, have been from people who have suggested them. For example, I did an episode with my good friend Craig C on minion memes, which I would have never in a million years touched minion memes as a topic, but he suggested it. We had an absolute laugh. Same with his suggestion for the Godzilla episodes. My friend Adam, when he suggested What Remains of Edith Finch, and I would have never played that game if not for him. Even my good friend Andrew as well. He suggested Tokyo Godfathers and Perfect Blue. Again, films that I might have touched, but I wasn't too sure, but because I was getting all these inputs. It's always great, isn't it, that you get that chance to explore new avenues. new topics
1: it is because like you said it's just your mind you can get especially in the middle of a season you can get very focused on maybe a specific area and you might not even know you're doing it so to have someone suggest something completely different so in recent episodes towards the end of season three for me a couple of standouts so is the one on catfishing that actually came from the guy who co-hosted it danis who's on just football with me and he said you know have you done one on catfishing before and i said no let's do it you're on because that's what i like doing if they're a podcast i'll always Asked him do you want to come on and do it because it's only fair if it's your suggestion to come on and have a chat with me another one was oh tv finales again that was from an old work colleague of mine he suggested the films and shows based on video games or or it might be my idea but i say i got him on for it and i said to him look if you ever want to come on again just let me know if you've got a topic or something and he said what about tv finales and we got him on and it's not something i would have ever thought of myself but once you get that idea you then i then look at right how can i make it a casting views episode and then that's part of the fun. It's partly a relief as well to not have to think of an idea that someone's giving you a freebie always but it's also yeah like you said it's nice to have someone else's thought process because maybe you've been you know that classic phrase you can't see the tree no you can't see the woods for the trees it's like you're so focused on a certain view and like oh I've done these kind of episodes oh these will come next you sometimes just need that stand back and look at the wider picture again.
0: And just going back to something that you were saying earlier when you said that your podcast is a mix of both more light-hearted comedic topics and more serious episodes. What would you say you prefer doing? Would you say you prefer diving into the more serious episodes or...?
1: Yeah, I think I do and I think there might be... Well, I know I've got a couple of subjects that I do want to cover that will be more serious. It's a mix. I think with guests I like to have the laugh but now, like I mentioned, because I'm going to do a few solo ones think that's one where I can maybe explore a bit more I think what I enjoy doing is having the conversation and I think sometimes the serious ones well when I say serious they're not totally sort of silly suggestions are the ones where you can probably dig a little bit more into conversation so did one recently on reincarnation now you know it wasn't an overly serious episode but it was a serious topic so we had a great conversation around it so I think I'm starting to enjoy a bit more of having the, the way I was is rather than serious, more informative I would say, having those kind of conversations. I'm enjoying playing around with those a little bit, yeah.
0: Is there any particular episode you would say whether it's from your recent season or ones you've done in the past, is there any ones that stand out to you
1: as being a highlight? Because they're fresher in the memory I think recent episodes I've really enjoyed doing and I'll start with one, not just because I'm on the show, but I do think the Jumping the Shark one with yourself and the band advertising. And I think they were two great episodes and the subjects, you know, because jumping the shark is something that people talk about, but we don't really, I've not really heard too many episodes on it. So it was great to be able to hear what you brought to the table and what I did, because they were both very different. And the band advertising, because again, you know, we managed to pick brands that do seem quite family friendly or you wouldn't think were controversial. So it was interesting to see that side of things. One of my favorite ones, and it's also probably coincidental that it was the highest list to two episodes so far, but it's with Justin from The Movie Wire. It was the unusual sports part two. It was just hilarious from start to finish and some of the things he said. Sometimes what I'm thinking is if I want to have fun with an episode, I like listening to people who are enjoying themselves. And so sometimes that's what I'm trying to get in the podcast as well. And it's it's the same listening to yours and a couple of others. Often it's the, I can't remember, I said it to somebody once, they were, they were questioning whether they should do a particular, they were worried about going off in a different direction. for a couple of episodes and i said look a lot of the time for me anyway i come back to the pod for the presenter sometimes it's not even the subject that week i like listening to the host of the show so yeah i'm trying to have that kind of vibe on my one where yeah hopefully you like the subject as well but you'll also be sort of taken by the chat that's going on so yeah i think band advertising jumping the shark unusual sports it was quite a good one medical advances i mentioned that had leo allen whose pod has been on fire for a bit but he shared quite a personal story about his daughter having a transplant so always be grateful for him coming on and talking about that so yeah i just i've really enjoyed i would say the end run of season three i thought was some of the best i just need to keep that going into season four basically
0: oh no i totally know what you mean when you look back at your later seasons you think oh my favorite children and then you look back at your earlier episodes you're like jesus what was i thinking (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> but even the early ones did a couple of two parts. Like there was one on the dark side and the light side of social media, which I enjoyed doing because that took a subject and took the two angles of it. You know, so I might look at doing a bit more of that. And we did psychological experiments. But there's also something I'm doing now, and it will have aired now. And, and actually, it's definitely aired now as we're recording. But the Black Mirror episodes we're doing, this came again from a, a random conversation. So again, it's Dennis, the sort of friend and host of the other podcast. Now, he said to me, it was an innocuous message, you know, just a one-off line. It was, have you ever discussed Black Mirror? And I said to him, no, some of the episodes I've mentioned it or they've touched on themes, but I've never done one on it because it's just too big a subject. And then he said, why don't we do an episode review of it then? And I thought, yeah, why don't we? And it appealed to me. Now, I know I said earlier that, you know, I'm not a TV show or I'm not a music reviewer. But what appealed to me on that is that Black Mirror is a fairly concise series and we are Doing reviews so at the moment one episode's gone out, so we kind of do review the episode, but it is more of a chance to talk about the technology that he's trying to feature or the moral themes of it. So the aim is to do all seasons of that. What I'm then looking to do is is there something on a similar vein? So, like I said, you know, I'm not looking to just do TV reviews or game reviews because, like I said, there are pods out there like yourselves that do it really, really good and I won't necessarily do it justice, but is there a way of taking something like that and again putting that casting views wrapper around it which is I think what I'm trying to do with this series so yeah hopefully that'll be well received and, and if so yeah I'll look at doing some similar things to that.
0: Well if you're looking for another show that's on the similar vein Inside Number 9 a fantastic one. Do you
1: know what I hear that a lot and it's one I've never got around to watching yeah. Ironically
0: enough I had never heard of it and on the slight off chance that any of the creators are listening into this, which I know they probably won't, but if they are, I apologise, but I genuinely had not heard of this show at all until it was my girlfriend who actually said, oh, Inside Number Nine's coming on TV, and I was like, great, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) And <laughs> she said, oh, it's a show that it's very similar to Black Mirror in the sense it's an anthology series, you know, it's like one episode takes place in one isolated story, you know, so you can watch any episode you want. And it's a completely different story, but it's all set in one particular set. And if it starts off in a house, then the whole thing's going to be in the house. If it's in a basement, it's going to be a basement, etc. You know, some episodes are better than others. That's the kind of curse of a show that runs for so long but it's absolutely fantastic so genuinely if you're looking for another one after you get through Black Mirror which don't get me wrong Black Mirror is a chunky series and I'm honestly going to be really excited to hear what you have to say about the Bandersnatch special without giving any spoilers that's more of an interactive experience so I'm going to be interested
1: It's going to be an interesting one on that I think that's where I kind of got up to I never did watch that so I think what will be fascinating about that episode is the version of it I watched as opposed to what Dan watched and we'll see what we come with I don't know how interactive it is or how wildly different it is but I think that would be fascinating but yeah I think that's what I'm enjoying doing about that is whilst it is like I said you know at heart it is a review of an episode of Black Mirror it's really fun taking the element and we're saying okay if it's technology that is pure fantasy and doesn't exist now would we want it how would we deal with it can we see an episode and can we see technology that is reflecting what he was doing or what he was showing at the time. So already in a couple of the episodes, actually, well, I say a couple of the episodes, only one's aired at the moment, but there is one coming up where it was the second episode of season one where they were just cycling. Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya in it. I don't know if you remember that one where he was cycling and they were earning credits by cycling. I saw a story from the BBC. Now, bear in mind series one was 2011, I think, so 12 years ago. A year after a prison in Brazil offered prisoners, like a day off their sentence if they would cycle on a bike for eight hours to generate power. And so it kind of trying to look at that sort of thing. So it's not purely just a TV review. I'm looking at it to see what fun or what info we can get out of it. But yeah, I would greatly take recommendations and I might say to him, once we've got through half the series, let's start looking at Inside Number 9.
0: It'll be interesting to see, especially for the later series, because this is something I was saying to you when you were telling me about how you were doing this show and I was saying how there's like a definite divide between when the show stopped airing on Channel 4 versus when Netflix took it over. Personally I'm not a big fan of the Americanization for the show but it'll be interesting to see what you guys have to say about it whether the technology in that gets too fanciful because it's a lot bigger I would say in the later series. Not all of them but there is definitely a shift but I honestly can't wait to hear what you Guys have to say about that because it is—it's such a big series, and there's so much to talk about. And as the old saying goes, reality is often stranger than fiction. At times,
1: yeah, I mean, the aim with that is to be—it will be a bonus episode, so it's airing as a mainstream episode for a couple of weeks, just while I had my break. And then the aim is, as we're recording them, it will be a bonus episode alongside the main ones. Maybe on the Wednesday we'll release it. So I'm hoping it's every week, but obviously pod permitting and time permitting we might skip a week here or there but yeah so the aim will be doing a couple of episodes a week a main one bonus but i'm also trying to look at a couple of different ideas for the pod in season four as well so and one i'm gonna get you on for as well i have done an episode ironically it was after i'd had a break another break i came back and wanted an episode quick so i don't know if you remember it but it was actually back in march and it was an episode with the cult worthy where it was the kind of the classic dinner party you've got three celebrities and three courses who would you invite i'm actually now looking to make that regular thing. So it might be every month it might be every six weeks but kind of like this where you're getting pods on to interview them and find out a bit more i thought you know what that might be a good way to find out what goes on in people's minds so i'm gonna call it who's coming to dinner and i'll have a guest on and it won't just be the same question each week i might tailor it or i'm gonna look to tailor the guests or some of the other questions to more about what the pod that they present is. So it won't just be a straight every week, three celebrities living or dead. I won't say anything now because there's a couple of people I haven't had on yet or it hasn't aired yet, sorry. But yeah, it will be a slight twist to match more about what their show is. So yeah, I'm looking to get you on and I might actually make you part of a double guest. So we'll see. I'm not telling you any more spoilers now. You'll hear more. But yeah, I'm hoping to kind of throw that in to be able to interact more with some other pods and more on a kind of like a personal basis rather than having them come on and talk about a fancy or a funny topic again it is like you're doing now is just trying to promote or get people to kind of express themselves a bit more
0: honestly on that note i think that's the perfect place to leave it off but dan thank you so much for coming on and yeah being a fantastic figure in the indie podcasting community
1: thank you very much cheers for the invite yeah
0: but before we wrap up where can these lovely listeners at home find your content
1: you can find me on pretty much all podcast platforms just look for casting views you'll see the fun cartoon figure of myself talking into a microphone yeah so basically on any podcast platform just look for that on social media just look for casting views again i'm well we've said them all i'm I'm pretty much on them all so more active on x instagram and occasionally tiktok but yeah or you can also get me at castingviewspod at gmail.com as i've said you know i am looking to have more guests on or if you've got ideas yeah just drop me a line drop me a message in any of those platforms and let me know
0: and i know i've said it before but genuinely go check out casting views if you haven't already absolutely fantastic podcast fantastic guests as well and i'm not just saying that because i've been on twice (laughs) but yeah genuinely go check out dan's podcast because it is absolutely fantastic that would definitely be my endorsement of the night (laughs) go check it out
1: thank you very much
0: but if you want to listen to more episodes of chat tsunami as well as dan and i's other collaboration where we talked about the game as dusk falls which was a great episode by the way oh, i loved it yeah you can check that out on our website chat and you can also check us out in all good podcasts apps. so if you check out spotify itunes wherever you listen to your podcast just look for the red panda under the name chat tsunami and we'll see you there i also want to give a huge shout out to our pandalorian patrons robotic battle toaster and sonia thank you so so much as always for supporting the channel but until then stay safe stay awesome and most importantly stay hydrated Welcome to Chatsunami, a variety podcast that discusses topics from gaming and films to anime and general interests. Previously on Chatsunami, we've analysed what makes a good horror game, conducted a retrospective on Pierce Brosnan's runs James Bond, and listened to us take deep dives into both the Sonic and Halo franchises. Also, if you're an anime fan, then don't forget to check us out on our subseries Chatsunani, where we dive into the world of anime. So far, we've reviewed things like Death Note, Princess Mononoke, and the hit Beyblade series. If that's sounds like your cup of tea then you can check us out on spotify itunes and all good podcast apps as always stay safe stay awesome and most importantly stay hydrated
1: fancy taking a humorous trip down a random topic each week you do while well you're in luck casting views presented by me dan and a host of guests bring you just that With topics from the world of entertainment, science, sport and everyday life, there's bound to be a topic that's going to inform and amuse. Catch Casting Views every Sunday on all listening platforms now. This episode
0: is sponsored by Zencaster. If you're a podcaster that records remotely like me, then you'll know how challenging it can be to create the podcast you've always wanted. That's where Zencaster comes in. Before I met Zencaster, I was but a naive podcaster, recording on low quality, one track audio waves. <laughs> with Zencastr, you can kiss those fears goodbye as they provide crystal clear audio and HD video. Plus, with our all-in-one podcasting suite, recording with guests is extremely simple. From local recordings to post-production, Zencaster has it all. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code CHATSUNAMI. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.